everybody. This is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week on the show, we jump into the Oasis and discuss Ready Player One, the movie One Letterboxd reviewer called A Vision of Hell. (laughs) We talk about how the 2018 movie directed by Steven Spielberg makes you long for the 80s, but doesn't rely too much on nostalgia and how weird and unsettling it is that some of the futuristic technology predicted in the 2011 movie has become so common. Plus, you know, in the spirit of game night, we talk a little bit about our history as gamers and how good or bad some of us were at Halo, not naming any names here. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, we've got all that and more this week on So Many Sequels. Be sure to check us out online at SoManySequels.com to see all of our past episodes and to check out our social media links all right there for you at SoManySequels.com. Without any further ado, enjoy the show. to talk about some well what, what do you got garrett you got no something? you go ahead i gotta go get something i forgot you 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 uh you go okay Collins Garrett. Garrett. what that's a weird that's a weird way to spell his name it's uh you know gaming lingo is it you're you're more of a gamer than any of the three of us yeah but i've never really been into like i've never really been a part of like gamer or culture i guess like ah, with the, that's fair the clans and all I'm that. I'm sure we'll never, get to talk about that a little bit today on this episode. I'm a I'm a solo gamer. You know, I like I play yeah, mostly you know, by myself, and that's it. That's mostly how I have played growing up too, and I think that's probably because we're, you know, right on the edge of of growing up in the online multiplayer era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't as easy to do when we were kids, you know. No, in fact, I mean, back when uh, we talked about, we, we, I don't think we talked about this much, but, you know, back when, uh, when we were, when I was young, like the only way to play multiplayer was to go over to the person's house, um, which uh, many people will be able to relate to. But I remember, yeah. Couch I remember the cool thing about PlayStation 4 and um, X, uh, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 2 and X, the first Xbox and GameCube was there was like four ports, you know, so you could have more than two players, you could have four players. Yeah. So that was how I kind of. So like gamer tags and all that stuff and like, you know, PC, like PC gaming. I never really did, you know, I never really got into unless it was plus I was playing by myself because I didn't want to be constrained by when my my friends could be online. That makes sense. Mm. You know, um, I, I never had an Xbox. I was always a PlayStation person, mm-hmm. but I remember I was always bad at first person shooters to start with. Like when I played games, again, for the record, uh, mm-hmm. in case you're just tuning in, it's game night month here yep. on so many sequels, which is why we're talking about all talking various about types of game games. movies, uh, video that games, kind of uh, a thing that is connected to today. But uh, I sucked at first person shooters. I was always like, I played baseball and football games, right? That was my level of gaming. <clears throat> but my friends wanted to play Halo one night. So they had me over. No one, told me anything no one told me how to play no one told me what buttons to use so mm-hmm. i'm just like shooting stuff and i have no idea what i'm doing and i wouldn't i sucked i got murdered 
over and over and over and over. And I finally got sick of it because it was, I would respawn and then get shot in the face and die. Or I would be shooting. <laughs> bad sportsmanship people. on their end. I would, I would be shooting people in the face or like whatever. And then they'd be jumping and then they'd end up behind me. And all they would do is hit me with the gun, with the back of the gun. And yeah. I would die. And yeah, that would... I would. I shot them with forty-five bullets, and they didn't have a flesh wound. And they hit me with the, <laughs> the stock of their gun, and I'm dead. Yeah, yeah the so melee I button finally, was big. I finally started just Harry carrying myself and jumping off the 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 thing into the the abyss, killing myself. And I didn't know that it took negative kills away. And had yeah. I not done that yeah, and just taken the points. kills, they at least paired me with the best person. And if I would have just done my thing, we'd have won. Yeah, my I remember sabotage um, the whole team. I remember Halo. You uh, told me anything. Well, that's their fault. Halo One. I remember. Um, I had two friends. Uh, and I would go over and I'd play Xbox with them, and we didn't. End up, we didn't up playing Halo, and their version of having a good time was them being on a team against me by myself. So <laughs> uh, they would just. I basically would fight to survive. They'd kill me over and over again. Occasionally, they'd kill each other. Even you know, like they they. They'd even out. So like usually the ending score would be them 30 and 28 and me too, you know, every yeah. now and then, every now and then I'd get the best of them and I'd get like 10 kills and they would be like, dang it, David did really too well on us. But my saving grace in their, you know, class in Halo one was the sticky grenade, because what I would do yeah. is as they would be shooting me, I would just get as close to them as possible, throw a grenade, stick it to them and just be like, ha yeah, you're going to kill me, but I'm taking you with me. You know, it was a, it was a, yeah. it was my be, only. You can do a lot of damage with a sticky grenade in Halo. I, I'm, Perfect. I miss being good at that game because there was once upon a time where I was, uh, you know, com- competent enough. I w- wasn't like great, but better than today. Um, mm. Every once in a blue moon, I fired up and I'm like, I can't even play against the computer half the time anymore. I'm surprisingly I just lost it. I'm surprisingly held on better than I thought I would. I'm in no way of like a like a very like a good gamer. Like I'm not right. good at it at all. But if I loaded up, what is it now? Halo Infinite. And I played a couple rounds. There'd be a few games where I'd be either the number two or number one on my team. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, so this was uh, something that struck me, is that you can play, uh, they have the Master Chief Collection on Xbox now, which has all the, has Halo uh, 1 through 4. Yep. That's and what Halo I'm Reach. Reading. And if I play Free For All on Halo Reach, I actually like, do really well. And I don't know if it's just because the pool is not good, but I do better than I would have thought. Anyway. You never a little know. gamer, a little gamer talk for you ahead of our talk. new game, Look new game of the week. Well, you know, we we're don't talking, talk about games much, you know. Yeah, we're talking about games all month, and this mm-hmm. is our second. Um, I think it's video game themed. Uh, our second video game theme movie of the month. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Super Mario Brothers already. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go back and check that out if you missed it. Uh, but today we're going to talk about um, a futuristic video game movie. Uh, Steven is Spiel- it futuristic? Well. Maybe, maybe. Hashtag, but not too distant future. Not too distant Hashtag future. Metaverse. Uh, we're going to talk about Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One today, which came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, Ready Player One is based oh, on a book that you can see right there if you're watching uh, our YouTube version. Um, basically, in Ready Player One, if you haven't seen it, a Steve Jobs-like fictional figure <laughs> creates this what we now know as a metaverse um, that is so good and so realistic 
and so much better than the real world because of how poorly the world has been going. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone spends all their time living in the metaverse. What do they call it? The the Oasis. The Oasis. They're living in the Oasis. And when um, the creator dies, he leaves a mystical challenge to find three keys leading to his mysterious Easter egg and Mm -hmm. control of the Oasis. There's a a Willy Wonka flair to it. He was a big Willy Wonka fan, apparently. (laughs) Um, So that's what we're talking about today. David, this was your first time watching this movie, right? It was, yeah. And I want to hear you first, for sure, because it's a repeat for us. You know, I, am, I, had, I am genuinely afraid of your review here. Yeah, just I, just feel free to hit some basics so we get a vibe. Okay, you know, I had um, I had low expectations going in because really? um, yeah, because I remember the I remember the build up to this movie. I remember um, I would watch a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of different you know movie uh, game based podcasts back then, and. They were really excited about Ready Player One because the book came out in like 2010, 2011. And they were like, this book is great. And Spielberg's working on the movie. And then 2018 came out and I felt like the movie came out. And I feel like, to me, nobody really talked about it much after it came out. Like, it just kind of like it was like a Spielberg movie that like came up and then flared back down. And all I remember hearing was like, you know, it lived too much on nostalgia. And... Having now seen it, I actually was pleasantly surprised because other than being thrown off by the opening narration, I was like, this is like totally lends itself to a Spielberg movie. Like everything about this just feels like it feels like it's based on the type of movie Spielberg created. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it, it's like yes. it's like getting I'm trying to think of something comparable. It's like getting uh I don't know. Uh, I can't think of a good example. I was going to try to think of a horror director to to come up with a, a good example here, but um, it totally fits with his thing because it's you know like a young, you know, sort of unassuming hero who's you know finds his way into this you know bigger than life uh, adventure in, in a way. Um, and there, while there are some, while there are some darker themes about it, it doesn't really delve too hard into them. Like it, it it's a little surface level on some of those criticisms, but that's, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's not a takeaway. I don't feel like it is. It's not, it's not like a glaring error of the movie that I, I felt was a big takeaway. I really enjoyed it. I, I'd be really curious to watch more of the making of process because obviously the live action stuff, I understand how Spielberg felt, felt, uh, you know, worked in there, but with most of a lot of the movie taking place in this, mostly cgi seemingly uh creation i really be fascinated to see how spielberg worked with i believe i read it was industrial light and magic and how they created the visual effects version of the world i'd be really interested to see how that process went the story was pretty straightforward and and very easy to grasp you know they didn't make it hard they didn't make it too complicated it (laughs) it did feel very Potential near future, I could definitely see the appeal of the Oasis in a world where reality is just grim and it's just like it's just like there's nothing good about any about your life. So why not take advantage of this seemingly very easily accessible game universe? Um, so I understood that um, it did play a lot on nostalgia. I love 
uh, spoiler alert, the end of the movie is some hollow notes uh, for the credits. And so I, I'll always dig on that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I really enjoyed it, I think. And uh, but I'd be interested to see what you guys thought. Um, OK, yeah, I'll go next. Um, I was I was thinking about when we were watching it very early on, I, I was like, this feels even more possible today than it did when I watched it when it came out, which wasn't that long ago in 2018. But I was just looking as you were finishing up there and saw that in 2021 is when Facebook turned into meta and announced the metaverse. So like in 2018, we didn't even know about this yet, which is kind of hard to wrap my head around because now it feels like that whole thing has always been there a little bit. Like there were VR headsets, obviously Oculus was a thing, but it wasn't yeah. the metaverse yet. And there were, there were concepts like second life, you know, and those right. kind of gaming, those kind of game spheres. But it wasn't this VR world. Like you could see in this movie. And now it's like, feels, it feels realistic. And I, it scared me a little bit. <laughs> it was, it's like becoming a horror movie as time goes by. Um, I loved it when it came out. I, um, read the book via audio book uh, because uh, Will Wheaton read it and that was made it extra fun. Um, I wish I could remember the book well enough to remember some of the differences. I only remember one key difference that I think we'll probably talk about later just because I want to know how David would have felt about it. But um, I really enjoyed the book. The so So much of the video game world, The Oasis, is inspired by steven spielberg's work like you said david so it makes him honestly the perfect director for it because he gets to self-reference some of his own real life work in this fictional world um a little bit like uh, all the back to the future flourishes with him being uh, one of the producers of that movie um yeah i'm sure there were uh, tons of others too um so it made it perfect for him i really enjoyed it i love the story uh i think it's, you know, the the story's kind of simple in that Willy Wonka as Shway, but I think it's interesting enough all of following all of the fun nostalgia rabbit holes and whatnot it goes down. I can understand why some people might call that a knock on the movie, mm-hmm. but and I think it is fair to say that the movie uses it as kind of a cash grab situation. But that is also like the point of the story of the book is that society has devolved to the point where we don't create anything new anymore. We just obsess over the same pop culture from the eighties and nineties. And that's not really explored in the movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an important part of the story, the nostalgia part. It's not just so that they can put, you know, the Batmobile on screen and do fun stuff like that. So I like the movie a lot. I like the book a lot. Um, a, a, it's an A for me. <laughs> I don't know where on the A. I almost yeah, I'm definitely interested in reading the book after having uh, seen the movie. Yeah. All right. What about you, Garrett? Oh, yeah. Yeah, can, I'm a big got... fan. I, I'm a big fan as well. Again, if you're watching the the YouTube version, you can see I am holding the book. Um, I read. I started after we watched it. I downloaded it from uh, Audible, and I am listening to it again. So. I uh, just started that because, again, you know, I, I think, David, uh, you talked about this movie kind of falling off. And I don't disagree with that because I think that – so after watching in the theater, like I loved it, 
it was amazing. So much fun and, and, and nostalgia. And you could see the little Easter eggs throughout the whole thing. And it was so much fun. And then watching it this time, I was really just kind of sucked into the story. Um, it may have been simple, but sometimes a simple story done well is, is all that you need because it, mm-hmm. it's how you tell that simple story. And mm-hmm. I think that it's done really well. And then, yes, um, all of the stuff in there, again, this movie came out in 2018. The book came out in 2011. So let us not forget that they yeah, were predicting this stuff yeah. even, even before all of them. So mm-hmm. the, the stuff that you can see now that's come to fruition is really crazy. And I agree, Josh, you said it kind of goes into a horror movie. I see this and I get scared because of what <laughs> this becomes and how people currently are so obsessed and addicted, I would say, to internet and, and online edge. On, yeah. and, 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 and the ability to, yeah. to put, again, I have an Oculus, I've done it. It's not great, but like if you are able to make it what this is, oh man, I could definitely see how escapism would be so needed and necessary. And again, I think there's a lot of um, messages in this movie you can talk about nostalgia and whether it's good or bad. Um, the I, I liked that there's a lot of little Easter egg stuff in there, but I didn't think it was necessary or uh, too much, um, again, because that is how the book is. So mm-hmm. uh, to to insult the movie for that is to insult the book. That's what the book intended it for. So that's, yeah. I mean, to, to say that it played on nostalgia is, is the point, mm-hmm. um, I think. So yeah. for me, I think I, my biggest critique, honestly, is the issue that I had with the, the, uh, the birthmark of Olivia cook's character mm-hmm. and that how big of a how big of a thing that was and how little of a thing that actually is and and that doesn't really hold up well uh, over time <laughs> but again i think that's i don't remember specifics of the book um but that is similar where i remember reading that and going that i mean i get it people are insecure yeah. and self-conscious yeah. about certain things but like you couldn't that was that was all that you put effort into that like yeah you have keyed in on one uh one of the only times where i was a little taken out of the movie um where she's like, they're like, you don't know what she actually looks like. Yeah, this is not the real me. And then they show the real her, and I'm like, oh, she's hot in the real world too. Great, right? Because they tease they throughout this whole movie, they tease like, oh, it could be a three hundred. It's not who you think it is. It's not who you think it is, and it is who you think it is. She's just a. She's got a. And honestly, and like honestly, a pretty killer birthmark. I gotta say, yeah, it's kind of cool, and it's not even that. Like, I don't know. It's just not even that noticeable there was i think josh there were scenes where you literally are like i can't even tell it that it's there i have i'm i deal with colorblind and so watching it on the movie sometimes i I, they made this whole thing about it and then i think the next scene i was like is it even there like i don't even see it (laughs) yeah so that was i mean that's honestly my biggest critique that i have as far as anything goes, I think that, yeah, you can say that things are simpler is, you know, kind of uh, easily strung together or whatever. And like, yeah, I don't disagree, but That's, I also don't have a problem. No, with that no. And I, and I don't it's either. It's well done and well structured. I don't, yeah. I don't either. I'm just, I, for me, that comment really has to do more with, I think, I think the adapting of a, a book is always challenging because the book, a book allows you to take more time and to breathe on, on topics. Whereas, you know, movie, you've got that fast runtime. And unless you're going to make it four hours, you can't dwell on some of the more complicated concepts of, you know, a character who's, a, you know, maybe a female character identifying in the game as a male, right? Or a concept like these people who they really don't live in good 
conditions and the only way they can make money is through this virtual uh, uh, platform, right? So cryptocurrency, I, I mean, that was also a thing that I thought of watching this was like cryptocurrency and how how important mm-hmm. that was. And and then cryptocurrency was like, boom. And I was like, here, but like still it was something that it still has a potential to be a major part of the future. And so, yeah, you know, it's just it's not really a criticism. It's just an acknowledgement from my part that, um, you know, I think that the, the movie I really piqued my interest. And so I'm really interested in reading the book and seeing how some of those other things come, you know, how some of those other uh concepts are explored or or aren't explored and i think that yeah you like you said it it, it has a lot of nostalgia that it, it it pulls from classic characters and you know oh look there's the arkham knight you know or whatever there's there's harley quinn right and um the iron giant it's okay i think it i think it's definitely okay to use that as long as there's going to be a comment on that like a comment on our our reliance on nostalgia. And I don't think this movie quite hits that. Like it hits a lot of other things about being more in tune with reality than a virtual existence, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really make any sort of commentary on why it was that the eighties and nineties were so, and the seventies were so integral to our pop culture, like what it was about that time period. So that's the only thing I would, I would be interested in is a little bit more exploration on those topics but that in no way takes away from how much I enjoyed this movie as it was. I really enjoyed myself. Sure. What about, uh, David, you talked about some of the effects. So let's talk about the Oasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie bridged reality into CG. Um, I thought it was beautiful. I thought that the effects really look good. I They hold up. Mm-hmm. David, you mentioned looking at some of the special features. Um, if you buy it, I found it uh, yesterday. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but there is... A couple of it's like it's almost like two hours of special features mm-hmm. and behind the scenes of what they did. Um, so I'm super interested in that now because again, yeah, this movie really for me held up. I was mm-hmm. really really pleased with that. I was kind of worried, um, but it it looked very. It I mean, not obviously as crisp as like Avatar, but when they went into that world, it just kind of felt like a real world. It didn't feel like CG. It looked mm-hmm. real, and I appreciated that. Yeah, or at the very least, it looked like it looked like a simulation that was presenting a real, you know, like presenting something real, as opposed to like what you know, like the Matrix. Look, you know, the Matrix is just them; they're in reality. Like you know, they look right. like fleshy human people because that's what they are, right? But this was like a different, you know, this is like removes it like a little bit yeah. of people can look however they want to look. So some of those characters are going to look more realistic than others. Um, like Artemis doesn't look like a human; she looks like whatever whatever you know alien pixie lizard she is you know but it looks great and you know uh uh uh, wade is it wade he looks good even though his character is like kind of like stretched a little bit and has like the weird silver hair and all that but it looks great and so the animation is incredible and that's why I, i do think that that part is really stunning it totally fits with something that i would it's kind of interesting to think about if this movie had been made like in a different era of Spielberg's career, like if this book had come out sooner. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I thought that that stuff was really good. Josh, what'd you think? Um, yeah, the visual effects are great. And what's nice, uh, about this movie is that as the, as an audience, we're told that it's a video game. So Mm -hmm. we also have an expectation that it won't look photorealistic. Mm -hmm. So that helps it too. Um, 
if it were a matrix type situation or avatar, you would be like, oh, it doesn't look real. But because we know that it's meant to be a video game, uh, virtual reality situation, it's perfectly fine. In fact, it's better than fine. Um, because a lot of it is real or very realistic. Um, one of my favorite scenes that kind of showcases the special effects is the um, scene where they go into The Shining, which I want to talk about because it is completely different in the film than it is in the book. In the book, mm-hmm. they don't even go into The Shining. It's a different movie altogether. So that was an interesting change, but I actually like it a lot. Um, I mm-hmm. think The Shining translates a little better so in the book they go into the 80s movie war games do you remember mm. that movie at all uh yeah do you want to play a game yeah, yeah. it's not war quite games. as as like yeah. mainstream and well known as the shining i think which is probably yeah. why they but it works well for the book um that's that's one of my favorite special effects scenes because i just love the way that they do the 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 blood flood and uh the scary old lady mm. um the little girls and and it, and it that all scene is is real it doesn't look you know like the characters do yeah there's it's a you know it's an iconic film so it, it definitely plays into this idea of like it it's a it's a it's a choice that continue that still makes sense with the character that they've created with this mark rylance uh his character of uh oh gosh what was the what was his name uh holiday right mm-hmm it fits within his character like war games would too, but the shining also seems to fit right in there with this guy was just basically, uh, so at home at the time he grew up in and like, basically everything, you know, like everything is centered around that, that pivotal moment of his, you know, childhood, the shining fits right in there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, war games would be fun too, but yeah, I get it. Another fun change from the book I wanted to see your reaction to is in the book, mm-hmm. this this story is set in Oklahoma City. Really? They change it, it to yes. Columbus, Ohio for the movie. Now, why would they do that? That's what we said. Lame. But the book is Lame. set in a futuristic Oklahoma City. Yep. I'm, I was listening to Will Wheaton talk about I-40 and just outside of Oklahoma City all day today. What a weird change! Like, oh to yeah, make. I forgot. Yeah, they so did I got that. a bone to pick with Spielberg for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, because first of all, first like, I mean, literally makes no difference. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. That's what like, is weird too. It's like it's if not you've heard like, of Columbus. I think you've probably heard of Oklahoma City. It's not that and, obscure, and it's not like they really take advantage of the setting of Columbus. Ohio. Right, it doesn't matter that much, but it no. matters to me. It would have been. Wouldn't it be yeah. great if in this movie they were driving through Bricktown trying to hide? Right? right, I want to feel seen. If uh, <laughs> uh, Wade's little, um, what did he got? His little contraption, his VR contraption, is inside the, yeah, uh, little... the Golden Driller's head. <laughs> well, that's in Tulsa. Well, you know, he's got to escape. <laughs> they they drive all the way to Tulsa. They might to get away. It's not a bad place to hide. Nobody looks there. Uh, but but yeah, uh, they took that from that's us. That's too bad. That's too bad. Why would they do that? I know. David, did you have any scenes or anything that stood out to you, the nostalgia bits that you were like, oh, I'm excited to see that, or oh, that was really fun, or that did hit my nostalgia moment? You know, a lot of them, a lot of the, like, little characters that, like, appear uh, Mm -hmm. in, like, the backgrounds and stuff are are very blink and you'll miss them. 
Uh, I did think it was really funny that at one point you do see uh, somebody playing as Marvin the Martian. Yeah. Around. I like that. Um, I like towards the end when they're all charging, there's a big group of people who are just playing as Master Chief. And I was like, that's that, that, that passes the test. That definitely holds up. And, um, you know, there's a whole scene. Uh, TJ Miller actually was cracking me up a lot, his character of IROC. And uh, he shoes away Harley Quinn at one point. Um, so, those, honestly, the answer to the first uh, riddle or whatever, the, the answer to the first key of going backwards, I was like, I was, I just, when it, when it, when it happened and as it was happening, I was like, yes. I was like, yes, this is, this is a video game thing. This is, totally something that i was like i'm surprised nobody's tried it before because i i'm a i like to play games i like to play single player games especially and there's nothing more fun than doing the opposite of what the game wants you to do and if it's hey this is the direction you're supposed to go going the other direction and just seeing what you can find there is like so much fun because a lot of times they'll hide stuff the other direction they'll hide a treasure chest or they'll hide a you know, uh, whatever it is, an extra life somewhere off the beaten path if you just go the other way. So I was like really down. I was like, I was loving that moment and uh, watching the him going underneath the game and King Kong and the T-Rex from Jurassic Park above him. So I'd say that. I mean, in terms of uh, nostalgia, the music really got me a lot too. Oh, yeah, there's one like, part. Yeah. When he does the Zemeckis cube and they do the... I, I die every time. Anytime I hear the Back to the Future twinkle, then I I just I feel it in my soul. And so that was uh, one of my favorite parts. Uh, I really liked that a lot. Yeah, I think the Zemeckis Cube is one of my favorite um, bits as well. It's just very funny. Uh, and I love that it gives them, what well, was it, 60 seconds of time back? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love to, um, well, it's great because Steven gets to, and I, I, they thought, I guess I was reading, they thought he'd be against it, but he gets to reference like two of his good friends in Robert Zemeckis and, and, uh, and Stanley Kubrick within this film. And so that's kind of, those are both kind of fun little, I don't know. I, I, I assume that he enjoyed getting to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any reaction to the seeing the iron giant, especially we had a meeting uh, before we all watch this True. and uh, we had a discussion about the iron giant and then yes. boom right there iron giant uh you know i had seen because i've seen clips of this movie before so i i knew that the iron giant appeared in the final battle i didn't realize it was such a pivotal uh character within there pivotal um you know uh, uh, piece of it so so that element was spoiled for me but it was nice for him to be there uh you know i love that movie the iron giant is great uh i was i was disappointed that at no point he did he go super but uh him doing the little uh terminator thumbs up on his way out was 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 worth it uh i love the iron giant though and yeah, can't go wrong there uh a gundam appearing was pretty wild i wasn't really a gundam kid but i i knew gundam kids so i bet they all crapped their pants when watching this movie not me no not a gundam kid you guys not Gundam kids? Never knew what it was. Still not really sure what it is. <laughs> I guess in the in no. the book it was like Ultraman, but they changed it to a Gundam. What about the characters themselves? How about how did we feel about the team of uh Wade the high five. Artemis? The high five, yes, the high five. 
you know, I thought Wade was great. I thought, I thought Ty Sheridan as Wade was good. was really good. Um, that's a tough role, I think, because of how it's kind of both, you have, it's both live action and voice acting uh, in one movie. And I think he did a good at both. And there was one moment he was kind of like standing there in the dark. And I was like, man, this kid looks like a young Val Kilmer. And, um, I can see that. And I mean, that is, is the nicest compliment too. He has kind of that, that he had that kind of quality in this movie. I kind of thought he, he nailed it. I thought Olivia cook was mesmerizing. Um, I already mentioned TJ Miller, but, uh, but everybody else I think really held their own. Rylance was good. Ben Mendelsohn was really funny and good at the same time. Like he was both funny and menacing. Um, not like ha ha funny, but just like when he needed to be, I like when he, um, He's like being like, they're, they're telling him in his ear all the stuff he needs to say. And he's being like, oh, I'm on your side, man. It's great. And then I love that he just turned it on a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, I do want to uh, ask, what the heck was Simon Pegg, man? He was like missing for the whole movie. He's like, he was like there. I was like, and then he like just shows up at the end. I was like, what? I feel like there's more to this character here. Simon Pegg's role is kind of weird. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't, you know. As a as a core group, I think they're a good they're a good group of friends. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the characters are my favorite part. I think that's my biggest critique is that they're a little lacking in depth mm-hmm. a bit, and that kind of hurts them. Because, like we've talked about, Artemis's whole thing with her birthmark and all that is just like, ah, we're just not buying it as a, as a real character trait. And then you've got Wade who is just, I, his motivation isn't necessarily clear. He's just kind of along for the ride. Um, and like, yeah. And the same for, you know, H we don't get to see a lot of, and what makes it kind of double weird is that, None of them really know each other that well mm-hmm. at all. Um, but they still kind of gel together as a team. So I like them as a team. I just wish that they had more depth in the movie. Yeah, and I think that the that is kind of a hard part is that everybody is the I feel like the 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 story of this movie and the plot of this movie is kind of like the main thing. And mm-hmm. like it's not very you did the you, you don't really get the characters in their full like completely rounded out right. um and there's no real moments to kind of breathe in because like outside of trying to find the easter egg i feel like we don't really know that much about wade um as a person like we uh even his home life we really only get like brief glimpses of what his actual life is outside of the oasis and maybe that's the point maybe the the Oasis is his life and the other half of it is just the other, it's just the other piece of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I do think that um, the characters aren't overly uh, aren't, they don't get a lot of exploration. Um, and maybe you could have cut down high five, but I, I don't know. It's uh, everybody has a role, but you know, whether or not they fulfill it as, as well as they can, I don't know. Yeah, I wish I could remember exactly the differences between the character development in the book and the movie, because obviously, again, you do get more time to breathe with certain things. I do. I don't know if this is true. I could be wrong. So whatever. Uh, If I'm wrong, fact check me. But the audience, not you. Um, (laughs) But uh, I think that like IROC 
TJ Miller's character is friends with Wade or they interact uh, often in the book. I think that there is this more casual interaction with some of these other characters and crossovers that you just can't fit into Mm -hmm. a movie like this. So um, I think that would be fun. There is a Ready Player Two um, that Ernest Klein came out with. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I haven't read it yet uh, after it's come out, but I do think that they're making it into a movie. So we could be seeing a sequel for that uh, coming up at some point in time. I don't know anything about it and if that's even true anymore. But I feel like at one point in time I did hear that was a rumor. But then Mm -hmm. a pandemic happened, so I don't know exactly if that's still true. (laughs) I did. You know, uh, a sequel is going on. This is so many sequels. So we'll we'll have to – well, maybe we'll have to cover it at some point. But um, I was just thinking when I – because I read – I did read that there's a potential for a sequel – and all I could think was, and I know I'm going to make the reference again, but all I could think about was, you know what happened to the boy who got everything he ever wanted, right? <laughs> he lived happily ever after. Uh, and I don't know what you're going to do. What do you do with Willy Wonka 2? What do you do with Ready Player 2? Uh, he's already, he already owns the Oasis, so what happens now? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we haven't read the book. Well, I guess we could know if we read it, but... We could. <laughs> the well, story David, does exist already. <laughs> Is there anything that we would want to see? I mean, we have a chance. We you know, we could talk about it if we want to, but I have no idea because, uh, yeah, I agree. I feel like this movie came to an end of like, you know, it got the message across of like, you can still have this uh, escapism, but you also need to, you know be a part of the real world they shut mm-hmm. it down on a couple of days yeah they triumphed over the evil they outlawed all the bad and so yeah i don't really know what i don't would know be what happening. the second one could be about i really but i would that. like to see more i think right. i just don't know what um yeah i'm trying to think because i mean it feels so tied to like i don't know i don't know what to even do because like it's not like you can be like, oh, this time we put in even more referential background characters and be like, like, what is like, you have to have a good, you have to have a good story. So I don't know. I, like, the books, the book exists, so we can look into it, I guess. But thinking Here about it purely, it. purely from a okay. film's perspective, oh, you got the synopsis. What's the synopsis? No, you go with the film thing. I'll do a. I'll oh, do from a film stand, from a film standpoint, I, I don't know where you go because outside of what a rival game emerging and it's different and it's it's got maybe new addictive properties that get people hooked on it better than the oasis did or something like that but then what is wade's uh reasoning for getting involved like why does you know or if you set it even further in the future and now wade is in the perspective of holiday like he's the old the old guard and and has his certain ways of doing things and now he's confronted with a newer younger generation and their ways of thinking i don't know Okay, so this says Ready Player Two advances the story by introducing a new technology called ONI, which allows users to experience the oasis with all their senses and record their real life memories for others uh, to relive. So they made the oasis worse? Yeah. (laughs) What the heck, Wade? You can record your own. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What's the rest of it? The winner of the contest discovers a new challenge left by James Halliday involving finding seven shards that will revive the avatar of Kira Morrow. 
Uh, Wade and his friends have to complete the challenge before a rogue AI version of Halliday's avatar kills them and millions of other ONI users. Is Halliday a villain now? I don't know how I feel about that. An evil AI version of Halliday's robot or avatar. Is this commentary on Zuckerberg? I think it's commentary on ChatGPT versus Sydney. Oh, come on. I don't think that existed when the book was written. Oh, man. So I don't know about Neither all that. Neither did some of this other stuff, right? I think maybe maybe Mr. Klein is indeed a uh, fortune teller. He's, he's a, a time he's, traveler. He's not. He's reading, he's he's reading the tea leaves, you know? These are his quatrains. Mm-hmm. Prognostication. Well, is, there anything, is there anything else that we want to bring up for the... No, I, I think that's... Uh, that's it. I think that's it. I mean, I, 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 I'm struggling to think of much else to talk about. I, uh, if this bother. was directed, if this was directed by someone else, what would you? Who would you have picked? Um, honestly, Mangold. I think he would have done a good job. JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had a good. I wish I had a good example. Uh, I wish. Um, James Wan. Why not? That could be put fun. it in the Conjuring world instead of the Shining. <laughs> you know, or the Saw universe. The Saw universe, yeah. That's. I don't. I don't know if Jigsaw is in that movie, but Chucky sure is. Chucky is. That one is pretty Oh my god, it's Chucky. Yeah. Who would I your avatar to... be, guys? Who would your avatar be in the in the Ready Player in the Oasis? You know, I'm so boring. Even in video games that I play, when I have to make a character, I just make it look like me. That's what I, yeah. I do too. I'm not. I don't. I, I don't. Too. I don't need the craziness. <laughs> I'm not very imaginative. I did um, sometimes for if I if I decide to play as like a female avatar, I will look up. Um, I'll Google like female avatar faces and just uh, copy their codes that they use to make them. Some people will like, you know. But if I can play as anybody, like if I could play as any avatar that exists, sure, I'd be Indiana Jones. Oh hell yeah, that'd be Ooh. cool. Then I'll be Han Solo. Oh man, <laughs> Garrett, you got a Harrison Ford avatar you want to be? The, I'd like to be the Harrison Ford, the cranky from therapist from Shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd do. I would absolutely do it. Uh, it's just the waffles. Or whatever. Going. What does he say? Pancakes. Uh, uh, I love waffles. Fuck yeah, I love waffles. <laughs> oh man, I love All Harrison right. Ford. Okay. Um, well, shoot then. How much money did this sucker make? Oh man, I'll tell you what, it raked it in. Uh, if it had made more, if it had been set in Oklahoma City, but it uh, it opened the weekend of yeah, March, March 30th, 2018, and the number one spot, its three day total was 41.7 million. Um, just ahead of Acrimony, which came in with 17.1, also debuted that weekend. In its seventh week was Black Panther. Brought in eleven point four, wow. number four. Nice. I know, doing pretty well. So it was a big movie. Is the biggest. Uh, that was a huge February. At number four, you had I can only imagine with ten point four, and at number five, Pacific Rim Uprising was in its second weekend. Brought in nine point. I never three. saw the sequel, but I the Pacific the first Pacific Rim is a really good movie. We should maybe, we can maybe get around to that one one day. During uh during. Kaiju, oh, there's not a... Kaiju, 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 
Ah, write it down. <laughs> write it down before we forget it. Kaiju movies in June. Kaiju. <laughs> hey, that's going to be great. Oh, man. Oh, that's uh, anyway, anyway, um, so uh, that weekend was Easter weekend, though. So when you expand to uh, uh, include that, Ready Player One went in, bring in, went on to bring in forty-seven million in its opening five days, Goodness, um, that which feels was low. It does feel low, but the early projections were between forty and fifty million, mm-hmm. is what according to uh, according to Wikipedia. Um, mm-hmm. For Steven Spielberg, it is you know that's a pretty good open. Most of his films go on to make between a hundred and three hundred million dollars. Um, at least his directorial Must debut, nice. films, you know, Must he's fairly reliable. Nice. Uh, what was I? Oh, so I was going to look at the year of 2018. Uh, we would be young spring chickens. Is that the saying? I had no idea. The world we was had... still okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, you know, Hey, you know, 2018, we were, you know, yeah. it was okay. It was fine. <laughs> I've, I have, I have good memories of that year. So, for the year of 2018, domestically in the United States, the number one movie of the year was Black Panther, which brought in $700 million uh, domestically, which is a lot of money for any movie. And then at number two, you had Avengers Infinity War with 678. Incredibles <laughs> 2 at number three was 608. Look at that year. That's three huge movies right off the top. Goodness. Number four movie of the year was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom with 417. Mm, we didn't like that and one. And then Aquaman. Aquaman was number five with three thirty-five. Um, Sorry, Arch. The um, Ready Player One. I never watched it again, to be honest with you. Would uh, Ready Player One would finish in the number twenty-four spot with one thirty-seven, just behind Ocean's Eight and just ahead of Bumblebee. Wow, we reviewed Ocean's Eight. We yeah, did. Go check that out that. at so many sequels.com. Yeah, I love the Ocean's. We, we did not do Bumblebee, great. but I really liked Bumblebee for the record. Um, some other movies from twenty, uh, some other movies from twenty eighteen that we have reviewed uh, on this list are uh, Halloween twenty eighteen, mm, a classic, Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. We also reviewed A Quiet Place, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, Ralph, that um, was a good one. We did wreck it, Ralph. I don't even remember that. You guys don't remember? You guys, oh, it, it was a wreck it, Ralph for a video game. <laughs> it was before that I was came the original. in. It was, it was before I came in. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And uh, and then you we you, we've also reviewed Mission Impossible Fallout. Man, we really covered and, 2018. Uh, we 2018. We've done a lot of movies. Bing bang. Uh, and I think that's it. Good. I think, well, we may have done more, but I'm not going to read anymore. So that's it. Uh, Throw to the letterbox game. All right. So I, this, this is going to be interesting, I think, because I've, I've tried to look through some of the most popular reviews already, and it's, it's, it's all over the place, okay? Um, so some, <laughs> some popular reviews from Letterboxd uh, include this half-star review that just calls the movie Funko Pop Futurism. <laughs> um this two and a half star review this is this could and probably should have been worse <laughs> um a one star review that says in all caps read a book <laughs> uh, here's a four star it doesn't really say anything of note though <laughs> but it was good um three and a half stars the shining sequence won me over and then finally, was, three yeah. stars. It's like Spielberg had a vision of hell 
but he also wants to make sure we still had fun. <laughs> so uh, good luck deciphering wow. that. Man, that's tough. I thought I came in, coming in thinking it was going to be a high, but I am regretting that thought. I think that, that thought. it definitely seems like this movie came out at the wrong time. Like if this movie came out in the early 2000s, if this came out in the early 2000s, people would be like, wow, a masterpiece from Spielberg. But now it came out or at a point where maybe even people... now that people are more familiar and comfortable with the idea of VR. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, to me, it's the cynicism of it all. It's the uh, part of it. People are really like, I think people are like seeing through, they're seeing through what the nostalgia aspect of the movie could be and only seeing it for Warner Brothers just shoving as much stuff as they can of their properties in a movie. Space Jam, you know? a new legacy. Exactly. Roger right. Rabbit. Yeah. Although Roger Rabbit was done well. True. Was that. Um, well, yeah, I'm, no, I'm talking about uh, Space Space Jam. <laughs> that one was not no. done well. Uh, um, I'm going to guess it's like a, a 3.4. We got a 3.4 on the board. Um, I'm going to go to a 3.0. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Oh, man. And now I'm going to look because I'm just going to, I'm going to hit it right in the middle with a 3.5. That's not the middle, is it? <laughs> That's well, middle. It's outside. No, it's not. Okay, it's we got, we got a 3.0, a 3.4, is that what you said, David? Yeah. 3.5. Okay. We got to do a tiebreaker. Because <laughs> it is a 3.2, which puts both me and David point two off. Oh, man. It's a 3.2. Yep. Yeah. Um, what should we do for a tiebreaker? We could always go to the Hold RT, on. the Rotten Tomatoes, no. or whatever Garrett is oh, doing. Yeah. Because he will run it anyway. How do you feel about the how do you feel about the three point two? Do you think that's fair? You know, I think it's I think the three point two is fair. I think some of those reviews I read were a little uh extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's a half star movie. I mean I'm gonna I'm my personal score is gonna be higher than three point two, but you know, I can get I get why people would look at it and think that it's just kind of hollow consumerism, but I think I want to give it a little more credit than that. Yeah, I think I was, I had, I mean, I think the description of hell, but Spielberg wanted us to have fun is, a, is that's, that's a funny but description. The whole thing that has the, a component of it. Yeah. It's not a good world. Like the book is no. not like, oh, this is great that life is like this now. Like the whole right. point is that the world is so bad. Yeah, it is. a That the life in the metaverse is better. Yeah, it's very much presented as the early days of a dystopian future. Right. It's not like people are just so addicted that it's like that. It's like, it's cool. no, it's cool, but it's also oh, like the whole world lives in stacked up trailers. Uh, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Okay, the tiebreaker. Okay. You guys, I am looking for the letterboxed review ranking for The Shining. Oh, that's a clever one. Mm. That's good because I, I had seen the I had seen the Rotten Tomato score. Oh, um, uh, oh gosh, I've never you know I gotta admit on this show never seen The Shining. I'm scared of it. <gasps> oh, it's scary. <laughs> now I did tr- oh, yeah. I did um 
attempt to read the book and I read a good chunk of it, but I found it a little dull. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen King. I, I have read many of your books that I do love, but The Shining, I couldn't really finish it. I've also never seen the movie. I hate to admit it. Um, maybe I feel that'd like be a good one. That, maybe that'd be a good one for so many scares. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we should. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get... I, oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, 3.9. <laughs> I'm going to say 4.1. I'm going to guess it's in the 4.1 banger category. Banger, 4.1. All right, 3.9 for Josh. Yeah. 4.1, David? Mm-hmm. What if it's 4.1? All right. Well, Uh-oh. cover your eyes, look through your fingers, because unfortunately... David has won again. Oh, no! David wins again. Scary, scary wide lead that he continues to amass. No, no, I'm not that far ahead this year. Well, that's good. It's only April. I'm not going to give myself... It's a 4.1? No, it is a 4.3. 4. 4. 4.3? 4.3 for the That movie must be real scary. Holy moly. It's good. It's a good movie. So another one for me. Uh, so we, you know, we're pretty close. We're pretty close in this score, this so far this year. So uh, I'm I'm in the lead with seven. You guys are tied at four, and then uh, mm-hmm. Andrew slash the guests are uh, at two and one. Okay. Fair. Okay. There we go. There we okay. go. Another well, great what, week, you guys. What yeah. are our final ratings? Mm-hmm. Being my first time, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it four stars. I, I okay. enjoyed myself, and uh, I don't think it's Spielberg's best, but I really had a good time. Okay. Um, it is a 4.5 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Um, it may not be the most depth. It may not. Again, it's not necessarily based on overall filmmaking. It's how did I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And my biggest critique, walking away is the birthmark thing. And that's all I have to say is that I'm really frustrated and irritated with that. Everything else may not have been deep or anything, but I had so much fun and I was sucked into the story. And it, I, it is my opinion that it is a great adaptation of the book, which I also loved. And I think the things that they did uh, differently, they did really well. So no issues whatsoever other than a few little critiques. Interesting. Not too bad. Interesting, because I've heard it's a not it's not necessarily a great adaptation, but it is a good movie. That's what I I've really can't remember about. how I felt. It's about not necessarily a great adaptation, but I think that what they're doing and what they did is fun. It gets mm-hmm. the message a point and it gets the nostalgia bits. And maybe that's part of it. But like, you know what? I don't care. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> that's fine. Um, you know, my original rating was a four point five and I almost I almost talked myself down to four, but I'm going to keep the 4.5. I almost was like, "Ah, I think that I watched it and I was too excited afterward. No, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. So um, two, four and a half and a four. I think that's pretty good. It's well above the box. So sorry. It's true. Sorry to your mothers. Yeah. Algorithm can't come through every time, you know? Um, Is this the final week of... Game night month? No, I think we have oh, one more to go. One more. We, we have, have one more, more because uh, we had a fan. Yeah. We had another that's fan right, choice. That's right. That's right. Well, we won't tell you what that is. Yet. We were stuck. 
Yeah, we were stuck between three. It was, uh, I'll tell you what the three are, but I won't tell you what one. Uh, we were stuck between the original Super Mario Bros with uh, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Johnny Legs! Uh, the original. Love Bob Johnny Hoskins. Legs. <laughs> we, I love Bob Hoskins too. That's why the movie's great. Both of them are fantastic. Uh, and I'll, have, I'll hear none of it. And Dennis Hopper gives his all. <laughs> Dennis Hopper gives his all. Yeah. Everything into King Koopa. We got one more week of game night month for you all uh, to wrap up this theme. And then we will have something more. I, 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 I don't want to tell you yet, but we have plans. We have lots mm-hmm. of plans. We have great mm-hmm. plans for old movies, for new movies, mm-hmm. and everything in between. Yeah, so go and present movies. And present <laughs> movies. Be sure to uh, go check us out online at so many sequels.com. There you can find uh, our entire catalog of all of our episodes, all those 2018 movies that you heard earlier that we did. You can find them there. You can also find links to our social media channels there, uh, especially, but not only, our Patreon, where if you sign up to join, you can uh, get Discord access and hang out with us there and uh, find out what we're working on, talk to us about movies, and help us. Uh, you know, structure the show. We've been we've been turning to the Discord lately to help us pick movies lately and some other fun stuff. So it's a good place to be, and you can find all that again at so many We will be back next week. Mm-hmm. Bye. Live long and prosper. Nanu nanu. Or whatever. Nanu nanu. That's what he said. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs>